John Bernard, he says right there. Did you get that? I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, he totally does that right He there. says Sean Bernard. He says Sean Bernard right there. Let's give him Sean Bernard. Oh, i got to go a little bit more. Here it comes. Get ready for the breakdown. I'm ready. Right here. James Brown's discography. Does it sound like he says Brian Oak? Not nothing. Never, ever. Sean Bernard. A friend of mine said that to me many, many years ago, and he's like, "If he's not saying Sean Bernard, what?" He said he's probably saying like Champenard, just like a whatever, <laughs> whatever he wants. To just say. cutting loose. But you know what? I'll go with Sean Bernard. That sounds good to me. Yeah, Michael Jackson in one song says, "I want you, Sean Bernard." I don't know that. Or is it Champenard? I, I well, I. <laughs> Again, it's going to require further research. Oh, Episode man. 308 of the Brian Oak Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Brian Oak, and that is Chavanaugh right over there. Nice. How, how are you, Sean? I am doing well. My my boy's getting LASIK eye surgery today, so Ooh. he's a bundle of nerves. Let's be honest. I'm a little nervous. But Dude, it's a laser pointed into your eye. Everybody who goes into that, and you, you, I mean, because you have to be aware, you have to be alert, you have to look, you have to participate, so they can't sedate you. You don't, you don't get to go to sleep, have your eyes cut open with lasers, and then wake back up. You get to be there the whole time, right? And this is one of the, yeah, this is one of those moments as a father where you have to comfort them and not say the wrong thing, right? But your eyes tell a different story, <laughs> like. Oh, no, buddy, it's super safe. Everything's going to be great. What could possibly go wrong when there's a cutting laser pointed into your eye? Now, again, it has become routine, LASIK, right? But, I mean, damn, you've had it done, haven't you? I have. I had both eyes done uh, back in the day, actually, through a radio thing that we did. They did my eyes for free because they they were doing, like, every 10th person they were doing for free because they just wanted to have it procedures done yeah so i got mine done by a guy who was the former president of the lasik eye institute of minnesota so i wanted somebody who had done a lot of procedures yeah but they did both eyes at the same time and that was freaky anyway the long and the short of it is he had 2400 vision in his right eye that's what he has today wow as like so 2020 is ideal I used to have 2015 in my one eye, yep. and that's even better than ideal. You're saying 2,400. Which means that what we can see from 20 feet away, it's like for him, it's, I don't want to say the way around, what we can see from 400 feet away, he has to see at, at 20 feet. Isn't your boy a ball player? He is, which is crazy. So Gene, Gene Larkin, the former Minnesota Twins, he's who Aiden took most of his lessons from. Yeah. Gene has always known about Aiden's le- being legally blind in his right eye. That's crazy. Two two hundred is legally blind. He's two four hundred. Gene's like, how can you even see the curve of the ball? How can you say, even the see pitch, the twist? You know, when the pitch comes in, or when someone's throwing you a yeah. ball, depth perception's fairly that's crucial. The, isn't that's it? That's the other big part. And and what's happened in college is it's just gotten tougher and tougher, tougher. Yeah. But as a parent, I had to say to him. Baseball's going to last a couple more years, and you'll play town ball. It'll be great. Right. You can't just do this because of baseball. Are you, do you, are you wanting to do this because it'll change your life? And he's like, yeah. 
But also baseball. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I look forward to seeing him play for the Meeseville yeah. Mudhens because oh, I like my going God. down there for a burger. That is a great ballpark. I, it's a cool ballpark. Yeah. It's small. Yep. It's modest. Oh. But it's sitting in the middle of no yes, freaking where. Yes, I've been right by it. And yeah. I, I bet I've been by it many, many times. Yeah. By the way, I am Brian. That is Sean. And we are here in the Smart Start MN Studios in gorgeous, scenic, and soon to be very spring-like South Minneapolis near 48th and Chicago. Um. I just want to mention real quick, the weather is supposed to change. I know we've been told this for months, but anybody who's ever lived here or has lived here their entire lives knows that April is always a freaking tease, and it will continue to yoink you. And I don't know that we won't get yoinked one more time. I want to be yoinked. But I... Well, you'll have to get a different sponsor for that okay. kind of action. Okay. Uh, but I do know that we're going to be in the 60s by this weekend, 70 by next week. Is it over, over? I wouldn't count my chickens before they hatch but it is moving in the right direction with all that snow a nice mellow melt by the way is better because they're already talking about floods in Northville yes. or Northfield yeah. and Stillwater yeah. and whatever. Anyway, let's say thank you to Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means they have proprietary technology they can put in your vehicle that will get you back on the road after you've had a DUI. Something I didn't know until we started working with them. Whether or not you're found guilty of drunk, yes. drink driving, you will lose your license. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, you know, you might some of today's young people like no problems mom and dad drive me but for most of us (laughs) not being able to drive is kind of a major deal yeah it really is we can save you some extra money just go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show that'll get you 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock I'm going to be honest. I've had a bit of a challenging week, and yes. so today we do not have a guest on the show. Uh, but I thought, why not let Sean steer the ship? I mean, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go down and take a little disco nap, and let <laughs> Sean decide where we're going to go from here. All the music is on you, up to and including Sean Bernard, Uh with the opening James Brown. But the rest of it's you all the way. We're going to talk about Sean. We're going to learn more about Sean. Probably give Sean a foot massage before this whole thing's over. People are tuning out as we speak. That is not true at all. Let's go ahead and hear a song. What do we got next? So the first song uh, that I'm really playing here uh, goes along with the theme, I never met a microphone I didn't like. When I was four years old, when I was four years old, my parents, so my dad was in bands and, right. and played guitar and all that stuff. So, I mean, did you have like sound equipment around the house, that kind of stuff? Yeah, but mostly guitars. And, you right. know, my dad was... Primarily a singer and guitar player, but with a gotcha. really booming bassy voice, like Go very on. very deep voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so so my father would play guitar, so I had the little toy guitar, and my dad loved and my mom loved Chris Christopherson. So I would try to doink out um, the song "Silver Tongue Devil." Well, my parents got tickets to go see Chris Christopherson at the Carlton Theater, which used to be in Bloomington. I don't know if you... I, I, I've heard the name before. Yeah. I was never yeah. there, but yeah. Yeah, so they decided to bring me to this concert because I loved the music so much. How old are we roughly four. at this point? Four years yes, old. Yes, I was four years old, so I don't have much memory of Just this. Just a baby boy. Just a baby boy. But I, they knew I loved music because they would have eight tracks of Janis Joplin yeah, and yeah. Chuck Berry and all these different things. But So I brought my little toy guitar... And they got me up on stage, and Chris Christopherson let me plunk this out and I'm, sing I'm it a little bit at I, four I want, years old. I want to be very, very, yeah. very clear about yeah. what we're talking about right yeah. now. You shared a stage with Chris Christopherson and played one of his songs for him yes. on your little toy guitar. Yes, yeah. 
They weaseled, they weaseled me up there, Brilliant. and I got to play. Now, I don't know if it was a verse. I'm guessing that's about all it was. Fine. But I'm guessing it kind of was fun. But that, that was the first time I was on stage, and I think I kind of liked it a little bit, so it kind of oh, I've informed, seen you on stage. It informed the rest of my life. I've seen you on stage belting your heart out before, so I know what you're like when you get up there. Yes. You are the transformed man. But this is a great story, because Chris Christopherson, I think, is sort of notorious mm-hmm. for being both amazing and being ultra cantankerous. And yes. I can see him being like, get that shitty kid off the yeah. stage right yeah. now. But not in your case. Nope. That's the Sean Bernard I know and love. That's all I'm saying. I took myself down to the Tally Hole Tavern to buy me a bottle of beer. I sat me down by a tender young maiden Whose eyes were as dark as her hair And as I was searching from bottle to bottle For something unfoolish to say That silver-tongued devil just slipped from the shadows And smiling You know, he's the devil. He's everything that I ain't. Hiding intentions of evil under the smile of a saint. All is good for is getting in trouble, shifting his shadow. Some people swear he's my double And some even say we're the same All is good for is getting in trouble 
very seen. I'm just going to say that right now, okay? <laughs> um, here's the thing about Chris Christopherson, right? In addition to his own successful career, wrote songs for zillions of other people, one of these really important figures in American music history. But I also like that there's a wink and a nod and a level of self-awareness, because he is singing about sort of this allegorical character, but he's also absolutely singing about himself. Yes, he is. He was uh, not a bad actor, either. No, no, I liked he him was in good. some of the shows he was in. And you know, maybe not the strongest voice in the whole world, No, but his songwriting chops are among the great... He's like a Mac Davis or a Guy Clark, mm-hmm. these guys who wrote songs for other people and they were so successful at it, they were allowed to then have their own career, right? Yeah. I mean, and, no, he was a charmer. That's exactly what I mean. The silver-tongued devil singing about himself a little <laughs> bit right there. Speaking of silver-tongued devils, that's Sean Bernard right there. In addition to his lofty duties that are related to this particular podcast, episode 308 today of the Brian Oak Show podcast, he's also a realtor for uh, 50th and France location of Edina Realty here in Minneapolis. And... I can only imagine, man. I mean, people are so antsy right now, and they're so wound up. And we're starting to see a little sunshine today. Supposedly, in two or three short days, it's going to be 60, 70 next week. Things are going to start to get... I mean, is it like when the water starts to boil on the stove yes. where the bubbles start coming up yes. and you're like, I got to keep the heat at the right level, otherwise we're going to freak out? People are getting frothy right now, aren't they? They are. I have clients that have been looking in a specific area around St. Louis Park, but really out anything within eight miles of there. And like another fourteen listings came on that matched their criteria. Wow! Yesterday, so and these it, are properties that were not available before because I know that, that's part of the yeah. problem right yeah. now. There's not enough listings. There's not there. enough inventory, and so people are yeah. going to try to take advantage of that and make as much money as they can. But it also creates an opportunity for your buyers, right? Absolutely does. I I'm not sure if I want to tell this story, so I don't think it will. But okay. But let me wow, just say this. It's, it's really Talk important. Talk vague booking. You know what? I am going to tell the story, but I'll leave the names out. Oh, uh, well, you don't have to tell anything. I just, I'm going to tell the story. I mean, if it's a good story. I'm going to ask your it. opinion on this. Hit me. Because you know you, me. I'm never short of an opinion. You go to see a house. Yeah, yeah. You're really interested in this Love house. it. You think it's a great house. Looks lovely. Like the um, yard. I like the neighborhood. Yeah. I like the schools. I like everything. On the disclosures... So everybody's required, the owners are required to give seller's disclosures. If they need to disclose. murdered in the home well, or something. Or anything, like yeah. any material defect, right? Right, right, right. And you, you check that over to make sure that you're buying a, a good home. They don't well, mention a single thing about the deck, the second floor deck that is 15 feet up in the air. Uh-huh. They don't mention a thing about it on the agent remarks. On the agent remarks, with the public can't see, but your agent can share it with you. It says, "Do not." The owner suggests you do not walk on the upper deck because of squirrels and woodpeckers nesting on the footings. 
in the footings. So are they worried about the structural integrity of that deck being 15 feet up, or are they worried that people will be swarmed by squirrels and woodpeckers when they walk out there? I think it's a little Hitchcock and a little bit... Uh, really? Yeah, just, but here, here's what's a little weird. The squirrels. I'm just telling you this, that that my... The city of St. Louis Park then said we 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 want somebody to cover five hundred dollars of this deck. Guess what? Guess how much that desk deck would be if you had to actually redo it? Oh, thousands, thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. So we challenged the other realtor on it, and I, I'm not I'm not mentioning the other realtor's name. I'm no. not trying to blast them. I'm not. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, it matters to have a realtor who gives a shit about you, like I give a shit about my clients. Correct. Because we challenged the other the other realtor about this and then they, they then took the other agent remarks off of the website so now there's just nothing. and they said oh we didn't mean the footings we just meant the deck boards well if i'm going to be 15 feet above the earth i don't want to fall 15 feet. i don't want to fall 15 feet a lot of bad things can happen with that especially with splintery wood yeah. all around you yeah. not to mention angry woodpeckers yeah. and freaking squirrels yeah so i'm just saying i could have just taken that sale uh-huh and closed uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, taking Cross, the money. Cross been, your fingers. Would have been nice yeah. when things are great. But that's not who I am. And so I, I just bring that up to give you a real world example of if you're looking somebody to help you sell your house or mm-hmm. buy a house. A, my dad was a carpenter for 30 years. We remodeled homes. I say we because I got to help do some demo, a little bit of construction. Right. I know a lot about that. I've built decks. I built one last summer. I know about homes. I know what's safe. But I also have some integrity which is super important when you're looking to buy or sell. 612-859-2594. I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local realtor or... No, to a local... Not to a local I'm realtor. I'm sorry, To what? a local band or musician. You just donate right back to yourself? Yeah, just are to you, myself. Are you the local realtor you I, donate to? I am. No. It's a third-person thing. Sean <laughs> does donate to uh, local bands and musicians all yes. the time with every buy or sell. Yeah. So again, what's that number one more time? 612-859-2594. Where do you think that comes from? Why do you give a shit about other people? And again, I, I know this sounds like a silly thing to ask, but like I don't... I'm not a man of faith. I don't yeah. believe in eternal damnation. I do not believe in eternal salvation. And generally, those carrots are what sort of compel a great number of people. Yeah. I'm going to be good because I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to, I don't give a shit. And I'm going to do whatever I feel like because I am a fucking monster who doesn't believe in anything. You are a good person. Where do you think, when, when did that start to take hold? And again, there probably wasn't one day, but why do you think you give a damn about what happens to other people? Well, two of the happiest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, were my grandfather on my mother's side mm-hmm. and my uh, grandmother on my dad's side. Okay, They both gave back a ton. Yes, they both happened to be people of faith, but my grandma used to say constantly, I don't care what you believe. I want to see by your actions that you're just a good person. And see, I got nothing against yeah. people of faith. I, yeah. In fact, if you found something that gives you that kind of peace that kind of motivation fine i i absolutely love it but i just i'm the same way like even though i'm not a man of faith i know that the right thing to do is do well by other people right i mean but not everybody feels that way because we're full of a world full of trumps and trump supporters yeah. who seem very happy in their hate and i and they're probably not happy but they don't seem to mind their hate or the way they treat other people no matter what they're like yours is more of a universal love and so i just wondered does that come from faith does it come from your grandparents it comes from my grandparents they were the best uh examples of good people and they had really 
my grandmother's uh, husband, my grandfather, would buy a quart of whiskey or a jug, I'm sorry, a jug of whiskey every Wednesday, and he'd finish it by the next Wednesday. Wow. He left after the seventh child was born, my Uncle Troy, who mm-hmm. we just lost uh, a couple of years ago. Right. Um, right after he was born, my, my grandfather moved to L.A., said he was going to send for the family, and never came back. Right. Grandma could have had a big chip on her shoulder for raising seven kids then by herself. Uh-huh. Instead, she went to work. I worked two jobs volunteered, uh, did everything else. My grandfather on the other side, his wife was a raging alcoholic who slept around on him, sometimes in their household on the couch. Ow. Uh, yeah, very, very Ow. tough situation. My grandfather on that side, at his funeral, there were about 30 Native Americans there, and his name was Bud McCarthy, baseball player, played for the Minneapolis Millers for a very short while. Right. But at his funeral, there's all these Native Americans there. My aunt Shannon McCarthy, Hi. Um, Shannon... <laughs> Walks up and says, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, are you at the right funeral? This is for Francis Bud McCarthy. Right. And he says, didn't he tell you about us? She's like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Well, he would deliver his mail route and then he would come back and he'd bring groceries to our families. He did wow. that for 30 years. Never said a word to his wife, never said a word to his kids. But so there's these people like that. Now, he also put up with his wife and her flandering and right. all the issues she had. But he just tried to be a good person. So they were not saints, and I am not a saint. I oh, just try to do... I. No, I, I've done so much stupid shit in my life, it's unbelievable. But And I also, I will say that there was a time in my life where I thought, if I just do good works, it'll cancel out the bad shit. And I've realized that doesn't really work either. So no. I've just, what's happened is, A, I've been sober for 10 years, but B, I just try to... Try to do what I think is right and treat people right. I get really disappointed with the world, Brian, as you probably do too, and you know, and you and I are both very sensitive people. And so for me, it's like I just I just want the world to be a little bit better place, and so I try to help people. I've mentored over 30 people in the last uh, 12 years. I do that for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I do stuff with my church, uh, but we... My wife and I don't believe in the magic of Jesus, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, like, that's a big thing to come out of your mouth a couple yeah. days before Easter, all right? Because Jesus is I just is played magic. Peter at my church for Passion uh, on Friday. Yes, I did. I don't believe in the magic. I believe that maybe he was a prophet. Maybe he was just a really good guy who did really good things. Now, that part I believe wholeheartedly. Yeah, but I'm like, but I don't think we needed to add in all the other stuff of coming back from the dead. I don't really buy into all that. I think well, in the Bible, I think, is a totally antiquated book that's incredibly sexist. And Well, I mean, know, obviously there are yeah. terrible parts, but yeah. growing up, I grew up, I, I was confirmed Catholic. Yeah. I grew up the yep, same way, and I, I know the thing. I didn't love all the magic stuff. In fact, I never believed it. I did not believe yeah. in eternal damnation or salvation. What I did like, though, especially in the New Testament, the Old Testament's a very That's angry bullshit. book, by the way. That is a very, very yeah. angry book. But there are still a cool, there are still some cool parables in there. But the New Testament, the reason I like Jesus is whether or not he actually existed, which it sounds like he probably did, whether or not he was the prophet or the son of God or magic Jesus, <laughs> which, I, again, that's that's up to the individual, and I don't judge anybody for believing what they believe. No. But even if you just take the stories at face value, that guy cared about people. He, he was, did. He was a good dude. And at, not just the good people. He cared about the people that were everybody. troubled. Yeah. Like people that other people were judging and judging, judging, judging constantly. He's like, no, you can come with me. You're part of my people. Except you fucking money lenders. Get your ass out of the temple <laughs> yeah, exactly, right now. Right. Get your ass out of the fucking temple. Let's hear another song. What do you got next, Sean? So the next one, uh, it was 
one of my favorite early songs by The Replacements. Mm-hmm. Um, I was down in Phoenix, Arizona when I first heard The Replacements. I went to high school down there in Mesa, and there was a fantastic station that you would have loved called KUKQ AM. Okay. So this AM station that was playing alternative songs. Like a college station or just a low wattage station? not a college station. Was, not a public no, station or anything? No, huh. no. Right. Uh, um, they made very little money. In fact, about two years after that, they were going to go away and people like picketed and like you oh, know yeah. I raised money Rev- raised I, money for them and everything else i worked and, at rev 105 man and the the outcry although brief was very vocal for a minute when it so went that away. station would play Husker Du. they would play the replacements what? they would play all these different you know the punk stuff that i heard early on and where are we at in arizona at this point mesa arizona yeah right on. yeah okay. yeah and so um i heard a few replacement songs and of course being from minnesota i was a geeked out on these guys right away but yeah. this is one of those songs that Especially my early angsty days, the replacements unsatisfied was quite fitting. Uh, dude, teenage heartbreak. Like, I mean, when you're sitting there in your room, imagine like, why doesn't she love me? Yeah. It's only because she hasn't called you in two hours. And this was before cell phones. And you're like, <laughs> absolutely spiraling. And then she called and everything was fine. But man, the number of times I emoed out to the song, I can't yes. even tell you.
Minnesota has always been home to legendary music, but 1984 was a genuinely milestone year in this particular area of the mm-hmm. country with that particular record right there by the replacements coming out. Suburb put out Love is the Law that year. Mm-hmm. I think Prince put out a little record called Purple Rain that year, yeah, if I'm not, not mistaken. Yeah, 83 or 84. Uh, so Husker, du, 84. Yeah. Husker Du put out Zen Arcade. Mm. Anyway, it was a very pivotal time, but the number of times I sat in my room alone listening to that record, so emo. So emo. But then it's also got a song on that album called Gary's Got a Boner. So it wasn't entirely emo. (laughs) Not entirely emo. I'm Brian, and that is Sean. And today it's just the two of us, and Sean's picking all the music, and we're hanging out. Let me ask you this. You have grown kids, and obviously, even when your kids are grown, they're still a part of your sphere. There is still a level of responsibility. Mm -hmm. You are not done being a parent by any stretch of the imagination. There's not a sharp ending date like, all right, well... Wipe your hands and off we go to do what's no. next. That being said, as we get older and realize that we're, I don't know about you, I, I know you're young and fit, but I'm probably yeah. pa- I'm probably <laughs> past the halfway point myself. And so I start to think about what am I going to do with the remainder of my days? Sean Bernard, what are you going to do with the remainder of your days? And it doesn't even have to be like a complete over five year plan. What are you going to do this summer, man? Do you have anything planned for yourself? So... I really like to golf. Yes, you uh, do. It's really good for my peace of mind. Oh. If I if everything works well, I get out once a week, and I can't in this fucking spring. Like I, I just, I just like if it looks like my backyard. Here's the weird thing. I think my neighbor's yard they have it heated underneath like Lambeau Field because it's, already it's totally melted mine. So I was like, and I'm not kidding, like two and a half feet of snow on it. This last weekend, I went up north to a friend's cabin, yeah. and we, we just we decided we're getting away. We're taking the boys up. We're going to play poker this weekend, and we're not doing anything. And that was when it really slammed down here this past weekend. But out in their yard, and he lives up near Palisade, a little north of Garrison. Yes. Um, there might be seven feet of snow. Oh, it's crazy. It's just, and, and again, it was yeah. warm, but I'm like, where, where is this going to go? Where, <laughs> I I, and so I, I understand your yeah. frustration. Let me ask you a secondary yeah. follow-up question. And I, so I know that means you want to get out and golf. Are you excited about the Masters? I love the Masters. I mean, that starts today, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I already started watching some of it this morning because I have, I have an app that I can put on my Apple TV. Yeah. So I can watch it. People used to watch it at their computers at the office. Oh, yeah. And then they'd, they'd even have a fake URL uh-huh. <laughs> that they go to. But I love it. I just, it's so beautiful. And there's just, some, it's the start of the golf season, for, typically. Right. So we're cutting in. To master's time right we now. We really are. Saying. Okay, so well, we let's go ahead and we'll keep, keep it moving. Tight. Sure. <laughs> just in my work today, people, I don't know if it's your chosen profession or what or who gets into it. People at my work are so into golf that there is a 12-hole mini golf course set up today that is going to be the iHeartRadio Masters Series, and everyone who participates get free food from Portillo's, which is very radio to do. Yes. But as I was leaving today, and I'm like, they're like, well, you're sticking around for the competition, aren't you? I'm like, well, A, my short game is fucking weak. Yeah. B, uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, I just, I've never been any good at golf. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I'm like, I got to go do a podcast, and I, it's on the iHeartRadio network. Don't worry about that. They're like, oh, okay, fine, fine. But no, I was getting some real side eye for not sticking around and doing the golf thing. People who are into golf are really, really into golf. Well, I am out of shape and all that stuff, but I can still play a little bit. I really want to break 80 one, one more time in my life. I haven't done it in three years, and before that, I was eight years, because right. um, I quit playing for years because I was coaching all the time. But right. But I really want to break 80 again someday, and it's just because 
I'm one of these people, if I don't put some kind of a goal towards something, I don't give a shit, and then it, nothing happens. But, well, and let's be clear yeah. about golf, too. I mean, golf, although not the most difficult sport in the world, although I no. know people who would argue that. Uh, my dad is 78. He still plays golf. Yep. Uh, it's, he loves it. But let's also be clear that it's not like a walk in the park like pickleball, all right? I mean, golf no. still requires real strength and real accuracy and genuine athleticism. It, it's Especially if you're an athlete, it's really frustrating. Yeah. If you played other sports, I've said, if you were to throw a football and it were to go, you know, 30 yards to the right when you threw it, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to play it anymore. And golf is one of those sports where you you go from, you know, you'll, you'll make a birdie like a pro, yeah. and then you'll shoot a nine. Right. And you're like, what is wrong with me? But that could be a quarter of an inch mishit of course. on a ball, and it's just... And then it rolls you look all like the way a, down the green. And, and you look like, like a buffoon, like you've never touched a club in your life. My dad, who has loved golf his whole yes. life and yeah. still routinely travels to play golf, he asked me early on in my morning radio career, he's like, you live right by Hiawatha? golf course yeah a fun course and inexpensive he's like you have the uh, dream job you'll be done at ten thirty. yeah you go out and hit 18 or 9 or whatever <laughs> and he's like why won't you and i'm like here's why dad because my dad when he first got into it loved it so much and then there seemed to be an inverse relationship between how much time you spend with lessons how much you spend on your equipment how much time you're out there and how your game goes. His first couple of years, he's like, I should probably have gone pro. And then just went through years of just being absolute garbage. Yeah. It seems like that it doesn't matter if you buy the most outrageous set of Callaway clubs. It, it, I, and I'm like, the last thing I need is an expensive, frustrating habit of something I don't really want. I don't mind exercise. I don't mind getting out there. I don't yeah. mind doing some stuff. But no, I, so I never, I have never swung. I, I've done mini golf and yeah. I, done the short game stuff i've never actually swung a proper club in my life yeah and it's not for everybody and i've said for a lot of people it's like don't bother if you're not going to practice and do all that stuff then don't do it i mean it should be fun or you shouldn't be doing it you know we've got enough other things that we do and so i just really enjoy it you know i uh, and i love golfing with people like your dad i mostly because i shut up and i just get to hear their story right and I, I, the best round I ever had in my life, I don't know what my score was. I played mm. with an 86-year-old former doctor at the Mayo who was a doctor in World War II. Wow. And his name was Wayne, and I know that. This was 18 years ago. I know that because he said my name about 100 times because he was like the Dale Carnegie type. Yep. And I heard about his entire life, how he fell in love with his wife uh, when she passed away, how she died of cancer, his wow. six kids, his... And it was incredible. By the way, that guy shot, I think, in 84, which is phenomenal because of his age. Yeah. He would hit it 175 down the middle. He'd hit it right next to the green. He'd chip, and he'd one putt or two putt. Wow. He was so freaking... He'd clearly put the time in. Oh, he was... But I just... That's what I love about it. I love... It makes the world a better place because about 95% of the time, you're not paired up with complete douche nozzles right so which is kind of nice so. and that that actually sounds terrible if i had to golf and it was with a douche nozzle sounds terrible same reason i play poker by the way yeah we never change not a lot of money changes hand we no. played three times over the weekend i ended up down nine dollars that's perfect for all the laughter yes. all the stories yes. all the everything the camaraderie talking, yeah <laughs> oh there was no shortage of shit talking to be certain um it, that's that's why i like to do those kind of things what's our next song well, this uh, I, I played this. I could have played a Cure song. I could have played U2. I could have played Psychedelic Furs. There was a 
there really were some cornerstone bands that when I went from literally the Def Leppard, that whole Motley Crue stuff. I remember. Stuff, I was there, When I baby. went from that to hearing this other music where I went, oh my God, mm-hmm. this, the lyrics alone are just phenomenal. The flow of the song, phenomenal. Um, R.E.M. is one of those that they're a cornerstone band for me that really changed my life musically. And so this is uh, Fall On Me. That band, maybe more than any other, is responsible for the alternative revolution that came in the early 90s. Agreed. They laid down, along with bands like The Cure mm-hmm. and The Smiths and even Husker Du. Furs. Exactly. In the 80s, they laid down this groundwork where you didn't hear any of it on the radio ever. You had to go to cool record stores. You had to listen to college radio or some kind of public station way down. I mean, the whole replacement song, Left of the Dial, that's yes. what it's about. Yep. And then all these other bands got to capitalize. And so when R.E.M. hit again in the 90s yes. and became giant with albums like Automatic for the People and Monster and that kind of stuff, I did not begrudge them their success because without them, none of that happens in the first place. Even Kurt Cobain himself said, I want to be like R.E.M. Like obviously, the, the, the pressures of fame and that level mm-hmm. of instant success 
obviously ultimately snuffed out the light that was Kurt Cobain. He couldn't take it. But early on, he said, I want to be like R.E.M. because I want to be cool, but I also want to be successful. And you usually don't get to do both of those. You usually get to be one or the other. You get to be the ultra cool edgy band or you get to be the really successful sellout band. Uh And he's like, I'm trying to find my way through the middle. And I think they were. But, you know, well, drugs, kids, stay in school. Don't do drugs. <laughs> and then when you stay in school and make, you don't have to get rich, but you make a decent amount of money, right? You start to cobble a life together. And then you have to start thinking, and I don't mean to fast forward too much, but you do have to think about the future. You're not going to be able to work indefinitely. And you don't want to work indefinitely, right? You want to cobble something together where you can live the quality of life you want to lead without literally wearing your fingers down to the bone. And that's why I want to mention our friends at Moxie Wealth Management, who also are supporters of this show they came on board joe and his entire staff his family they're all great people they've been out to our events they're very cool moxie wealth management takes an entire sort of umbrella approach to your assets and your wealth and your insurance and your taxes and anything else that your savings that may come to bear they take a good look at it they tell you where you can optimize they tell you where you can probably minimize and they will stay very active in helping you make sure that your wealth whatever that means you don't have to have 150 million dollars although if you do we'd love to have your support here at the brian up <laughs> show uh, you don't have to have that kind of money but you do need to start thinking about your money and what it looks like down the road yeah absolutely this is a thing not to blow off so set an appointment uh go to moxiewealthmanagement.com just go in and meet and they're not a high pressure type of place they'll sit down with you they'll talk to you about where you're at where you need to go and you get to set the goals they're just going to help you kind of figure out how to get there moxiewealthmanagement.com yeah and make sure you mention that you heard about them on the brian oak show because then they stick around we stick around everyone sticks around we all have a good time you just set off an alarm bell in the back of my head Uh oh you said this is something not to blow off and I was so far ahead of the game. I got my W-2s. I got my K-1. I got everything yep. I need. Get my taxes done. And I just realized, shit, today's April 6th. I've got nine days. Oh, I know. I'm I'm already, I already filed an extension, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy yeah. right there. Well, I have all the real estate stuff, too, that it's a freaking, yeah, yeah. I got so much stuff to... This year, I mean, I got my K-1 early last year. I had yes. to bump it back. Yeah. I got my K-1. I got my two W-2s. What am I waiting for? I, am time. I waiting for someone to come over to my house and pick them up for me? Actually, that would be killer. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, <laughs> just please let me know. It is the Brian Oak Show, and we have got to go. I'm Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard. Sean, thank you very much for yeah. more than three years ago saying we should do this thing, because I like doing this thing. I do, too. It's like It's been such a gift, and that's how I look at it. You, you've not only introduced me to a ton of your friends and people that you know, um, but just the music. I've always appreciated your not just gift, because I think that's selling it short, but your work on getting to know music and artists that all of us have been able to discover new artists and support new artists because of your work. So well, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. I also think I'm very grateful for the conversations in this very room, in the mm-hmm. Smart Start MN studio. You sit down, and a lot of times I've, I've known the person. Many, many times, neither of us have ever met them before. No. And what unfolds and the story, you never really know where it's going to go. And I'm way more often than not, it's always enjoyable. So that's just, that's been very cool as well. So thanks to Smart Start. Thank you very much to AudioQuip. AudioQuip are the ones who have provided us with every piece of technology in this room right now, except for this thrift store lamp that you brought in. That is a sweet lamp. Well, 
We'll see how much longer it lasts. Last well, that one's better than that one. It's a leaning <laughs> lamp of pizza. Yeah, well, that's all right. But, but you know what? The audio quip has done great by us, and Nate and his entire staff, again, Sean and I decided we're old enough now. We're not working with jerks anymore. Mm-hmm. Those days are over. So yep. Nate and his staff are very cool people, and they're pros. They know exactly what they're doing. So if you've got a gig coming up, you got a speaking engagement, whatever it is that you might need audio equipment, please get a hold of our friends at Audio Equip. Thanks to Moxie Wealth Management. If you want to get a hold of Sean, because you're like thinking buy, sell, maybe, is this the year? I don't know. Talk to a person who knows what he's talking about. How do they get a hold of you again? 612-859-2594. Well, I hope that the snow melts for you very soon, Sean, because I know... You are one of hundreds of thousands of golfers in Minnesota who are like, get the fucking snow out of here right now, please. Right now. Because look, I'll t- even though it's chilly out there today, yeah. if there was no snow on the ground, you'd golf today, wouldn't you? You're damn straight. Away. I- if I wasn't bringing my son to LASIK, you know. Good luck to Aiden, man. Yeah. We'll Stare into the laser, son. Stare just, into the just laser. Just for like a half hour. No big deal. Oh. <laughs> Well, good luck to him, and good luck to you, and thank you very much, Sean. I turned every all the the reins of this entire show over to Sean today. Yeah. So you've got another song, and you're picking someone who I consider. I I, I know that I'm given to being dramatic, right? And I know that I use hyperbole. Bad. Shut up, Sean. Um, <laughs> this guy is as important an American songwriter that the 21st century has produced so far. Am I saying he's the greatest of all time? Absolutely not. Am I saying that he has made the last 23 years a better time to be around American music? I absolutely am. He's one of my very, very favorites. Yeah, for me, I would say Jason Isbell and Brandy Carlisle yep. are two, two, two that I think are absolutely fantastic. You asked me earlier, what are my hopes for this summer, for the near future? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite times to listen to music is In the Car. And this song is one of those that you, when the weather's nice, you roll down the windows and you crank it. And it's really hard to be in a bad mood when playing Alabama Pines by Jason Isbell. Thanks, Brian. Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago. I never do what I'm supposed to do, hardly even know my name anymore. When no one calls it out, it kind of vanishes away. And I can't get to sleep at night, the parking lot's so loud and bright. The AC hasn't worked in 20 years, probably never made a single person cold. I can't say the same for me I've done it many times Somebody take me home
pass through on a Sunday Better make a stop at Wayne It's the only open liquor store north And I can't stand the pain of being by myself Without a little help on a Sunday afternoon Well I needed that damn woman like the dream needs gasoline And I tried to be some ancient kind of man One that's never seen the beauty in the world But I tried to chase it down Tried to make the whole thing mine Somebody take me home registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.